Welcome to the Ignite Movements podcast. We spend a lot of time trying to help leaders grow reproducing ministries. And so we spend a lot of time talking about the things that will help you grow reproducing ministries, clearly. But one of the things that I want to cover today is is something that will stop you from having a reproducing ministry. It might be one of the biggest things that could hinder you from being able to reproduce your ministry. And so today I want to get into the idea of keeping your church organization simple. We've all seen it, right? And maybe you've even worked in a church where they're trying to be all things to all people. And they, 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 they start every single ministry that everyone suggests, right? And this was a big deal. The smorgasbord kind of mentality was a big deal back in the 90s, early 2000s, where it was just like the goal was to try to offer everything you could possibly offer uh, and basically hit everybody in your culture. So your kids played sports at the church. There were three children's ministry environments uh, a week. There were women's ministries, men's ministries, discipleship, discipleship training, choir practice, Sunday school, 12-step groups, and on and on it went. And again, it's not that necessarily there's anything wrong with any of those individual things, and we'll come back to that. But then in 2011, uh, Tom Rayner and Eric Geiger wrote a very important book called Simple Church. And they put forth the idea that a church should have very clear steps, clearly defined steps to making and reproducing disciples, and that they should only have one ministry or environment for each of those steps. And that's all they do. They, 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 they also talked about competing environments or multiplying similar environments. And so having a Sunday morning service, a Sunday night service, and a Wednesday night service is just really doing the same thing three times a week, right? And frankly, it's only done well one time a week. Let's just be honest, right? Uh, and so why waste people's limited time doing the same thing three times a week when there are other big priorities that are not getting accomplished while we're doing that? And likewise, having small groups and discipleship groups, that's redundant. And so Christians love to multiply Bible studies. We're really great about that. We love to multiply Bible studies. And so when we started Northridge, we felt like that you needed to gather with believers every single week and to be challenged and encouraged, and that was our Sunday morning service, we felt like that you needed to be in a group where you're building deeper, accountable relationships, and, and then we felt like that you needed to be out in the community serving and reaching others. And sometimes that last step would come out of groups. And, and so really, we only had two environments. And, and so we would talk about encountering God. That was the Sunday morning service. Of course, you want to encounter God all throughout the week as well. We talked about experiencing community. That was done in small groups. And we talked about engaging the culture. Those were our three clearly defined steps. Uh, and, and what we were saying is, is we only really need two environments to do that. You encounter God, you go to a group, and then your group helps you begin to get involved in serving in the community and reaching out. Uh, and, and then maybe you also do that on your own, and we're going to equip you to do that. And that was it. So we only had those two environments. And it was very similar for our students. Our students come to a Sunday morning service. They come to youth group night, which is their small groups, and we want them out serving and making a difference in their culture as well. For our children's ministry, uh, they, they have their small groups on Sunday morning while the parents are, are uh, in the service. Uh, and so we don't have Sunday school and children's church and children's choirs and children's disciple, discipleship programs. We want to equip parents to disciple their kids, and we want to teach them on Sunday morning as well. And so we've stayed pretty close to this lean structure all along, but it is a fight. There is always pressure to add something. Every person that comes to your church 
they want to add something that they like from their previous church, even though they, they left their previous church. Like there's a reason. They had good reasons for leaving their previous church. And so they'll say things like, hey, my last church did a lot of shady things financially, but they did have a wanna. Can we add that? Right? And so if, if you've been leading a church for any amount of time, you've experienced that. Now, there, there are some great ideas that can be helpful, but they can often be done through a ministry that you already have. For instance, if someone says, I think it'd be great if we had a men's ministry where uh, we form accountability groups of two or three guys. That's fantastic. Can we do that through our group system? Can we voluntarily ask within groups for guys in, uh, to group up in, in twos and threes and, and begin those kind of accountability relationships? Then you're, then you're deepening relationships inside groups, which is something you already wanted to do. Years ago, I had a really, really sweet couple, love them to death, that, that, that came to our church, that they just had a little different vision. And in the end, they actually came to me and said that. I think we have a little different vision. And, and that was true. Uh, but they came to me with this idea for, with, for a Bible study. And, and they said, we want to teach this. And I said, well, that's great. Did you know that your group leader just told me they weren't sure what they were going to teach this, this semester? So they would love for you just to take that and run with it. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. We think this is so important that we think that everybody needs to get this, that the entire church needs to get this. We don't have any groups meeting on Thursday night. We'll do this on Thursday night at the church, and we're going to ask the entire church to come and, and all, all the groups. But you know the problem with that is, is when, when, when you hit those times where somebody says, well, I don't know that I can make both groups this week. What are they going to choose? Now you're asking people to choose, right? Now you're encouraging them to try to come to a couple different things. And here's what we do. We come up with these ideas acting as if nobody's ever going to have to choose. That whatever the church comes up with, if we come up with 15 things in a week that we think you need to do to be a good, a good Christian and a good disciple, uh, we just assume that they'll do all of them. Uh, and, and we never stop and think, well, what if they pick and choose? What if they choose this one that's a nice thing? It's not the, it's not the most core to what we're trying to accomplish, but it's a nice thing. What if they choose that and they don't choose the core things? We, we never think about those kind of things. Now, that same couple came to me later with another great idea. Uh, again, it was an idea. It was an, it was an idea for some, some couples activities where there would be childcare involved. We would need to make regular announcements in the service, which we don't, we try to do as little of that as possible. Um, and, um, and so, you know, once again, the idea could be implemented through our current group system, but they felt like, no, it had to be a separate ministry. Uh, and so it just, it was just like, man, like we can't do that. And so, uh, so you've probably experienced similar things as well. Now, here's a couple of problems with multiplying ministries and creating competing environments. The first one is just this. It spreads volunteers and finances thin. We all know that every program that we add is going to end up costing us something. There could be childcare expenses, there might be equipment expenses, there might be increased utilities, there might be supplies, snacks. If the ministry becomes big enough, uh, there's going to be staffing expenses. And, and, and not only that, like your current staff is probably going to have to divert from something that they're doing and they're going to have to relate to that uh, before, even before you add extra staff. And so you know, you're going to have volunteers as well that, that um, you know, can only do so much. And the more ministries you have, the more volunteers you're going to need. That's a no-brainer, right? That's just obvious. And, and again, what if they choose the nice things that are extra and they don't choose the core things that you feel like these are the, these are the essential things? What happens? 
uh, we had that happen in my in my last church. We uh, we we had uh, Sunday morning um, uh, Sunday school for kids. We had Sunday morning children's church for kids. We had Sunday night Awana for kids. And then because the adults were coming back for the third service a week, we had to come up with something. We didn't think kids needed anything else, but we just had to come up with something. And so that's where we added children's choirs. And and again, all those individual things are great, okay? I uh, just want to make sure you know I'm clear on that. But uh, in, in my mind, making sure that the Sunday morning environment was excellent was so important uh, because it's the service that most people are going to come to. It's the, usually going to be the front door to, to new people as well. And we were running into a problem because Awana took so many volunteers and people like volunteering in Awana uh, because... Yeah, we didn't have to miss a Sunday morning service, which was the good service, right? They're only missing the Sunday night service where the B-level talent singers sing, right? Let's just, like, you know that's true. And uh, and so uh, they didn't have to miss their, their Sunday school on Sunday morning. They didn't have to miss the service on Sunday morning, uh, which was, again, kind of the best service. And so uh, they were happy to serve in Awana. And we even had this one position called Verse Listeners. And those people worked about 15 minutes a night. And there was zero preparation. All they had to do was like open up their Bible and look what the verse said and listen to a kid say the verse. And that was it. And so, uh, and so what happened is, is our Sunday morning environments, we couldn't get volunteers for. And they were, they were kind of in disarray uh, in, in that time period. And we would talk to some people and say, hey, you know, you listen, you know, you listen to verses for 15 minutes. Could you think you could work every other week, uh, serve every other week on a Sunday morning? Is there any way you could help us with that? And, and they would say, no, I, I'm already in a ministry. So you have folks who ha- have no preparation spending 15 minutes on a Sunday night, and that's it. And they're saying, no, I can't help you. And it, and it, took, it took a bunch of volunteers to do that. So you're, you see how you're spreading people thin and you're actually pulling people away from the thing that you're like, well, like that has to be great. That's very key. That's very important. But it's, but it's not getting the attention because you've created competing environments. The second thing is, is this. It's going to make your culture harder to replicate. Right, we always are talking about uh, multiplying environments, uh, uh, igniting movements, that kind of thing. And if you really want to ignite movements and multiply your ministry many times over, uh, you're going to find that having a lean structure makes it a lot uh, less difficult to replicate. Right, and so th- think about the difference between starting a church that has a Sunday morning service, has small groups, and they encourage people to reach out in their community. That's it. That's that that that's that's all you're asking them. To do, and you think about that versus a church that has that plus a whole bunch of other ministries. Sure, sure, you you, you know you may uh, you know start the new one with with just a few basic things and then try to add all those other ministries. But but just think about this: if you're a church that already does all of that kind of stuff, what are the chances that you're even going to feel comfortable starting a church? Because you're constantly going to be going to be saying, "We have so many things going on that we can't spare anybody. We can't you know." And that's why sometimes you see a lean church that's three hundred people that has no trouble. Sending some people out to start making disciples in a community, and then they start uh, building up towards a launch, and 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 then they have a service, and then they start small groups, and then they encourage people to go out and and make a difference in their community. 
And that's, you know, that's easy to replicate. And you see a 300-person church saying, oh, we can start a church. Oh, we can pull that off. But then you see churches that you know, have multimillion-dollar buildings and they're megachurches, and, and they say, man, that's something that we're really passionate about. We want to do that, but we just aren't there yet. And the reason is, is it's not that small church is better than big churches. That's not the, the, the reason is the complexity. There's, like you can't afford to give an inch when you run a very complex organization. And so that is why this is so important. Uh, this, the third thing is just this. Multiplying ministries and creating a bunch of competing environments will muddy your path to becoming and making disciples. Here's, here's what I mean by this. I've already touched on it a little bit when I talked about the Simple Church book. But, but imagine that, that you're pretty new to spiritual growth, and, and you think about showing up to a church, and the church says this, I, you need to be at the church, church gathering every week because you need the challenge and the encouragement that comes from that. You need to be in a small group uh, where you're going to uh, live life with people, and you're going to be accountable to people, and people are going to be able to speak into your life in a more intimate way. And it's important that you be equipped to make disciples where you live, work, and play, and that's it. Well, that's simple, right? I mean, like, like I can wrap my head, I can be brand new to church, and I can wrap my head around the idea that those are the three things. If I will focus on those things, then I will, I will be growing as a Christian, right? Like, like that's, that's phenomenal. But then think about the difference if you show up to a church, again, that does those things, but then also has Wednesday night discipleship classes, men's groups, women's groups, kids' sports, recovery groups, parents' night out, mom's day out, and on and on it goes. Again, I'm not busting on any of those things, and they might be a key part of your simple structure. That's fantastic. I'm just trying to say when you put them all together, it, you know, you can see that a new believer walks in, into that and... and, and the path to becoming a disciple and then making disciples is not clear. Like, well, what if I what if I choose these three activities and I do these three activities every week? Will that get us there? And what's going to happen is your staff's going to be looking, going, well, yeah, those are good, but we want you to really focus on this. See, and you're competing. Your vision is competing because you have have become so complex. And, and, and so, you know, what I'm saying is, is basically you can get off track from the mission. Like you want people to make a beeline towards becoming what Christ called them to be, which is a growing disciple that's making other disciples, that fishing for men, that's what Christ called them to do. And yet the main thing Jesus called them to do, they can't get focused on because there's so many other things to focus on. In other words, the mission gets lost in the mess. So... Uh, those are just three things, three reasons why not keeping a simple structure for your church could become a problem. Uh, you may have other thoughts, and I'd love to hear them, but it's always going to be a battle. All of these things that we've talked about are good things, right? These are great ideas. They're good things. Um, and in the right context, they can be a, a key part of a simple system, but there will always be that pull towards more and more complexity. And so your culture is going to be as much about what you say no to as what you say yes to. When people come to you with all these great ideas and, and they want to add more and more complexity, you may have to say no, but at the same time emphasize that the reason that you have to say no is because you want to be able to say yes to some key things that are central to your mission. And in some cases, you can be supportive of the idea and encourage them to start something on their own. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a little you know, ministry that they do just personally. Maybe it's a 
started a 501c3 uh, for it. Like we've had six of those come out of the Northridge Network tackling things from um, um, uh, uh, missions to, to, to families with children in hospitals to Christian ministries in public high schools. And so you can encourage them and say, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think that needs to be done. It's not central to, to who we are as a church, but I think, I think you should get out there and, and do it and uh, encourage them to do that. Maybe their small group wants to throw themselves wholeheartedly into doing that. And so it's a small group ministry. It's not a new church ministry. So in the words of Dwight Schrute, keep it simple, stupid. Great advice hurts my feelings every time. So thanks for joining us. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share if you find the content helpful. And we would love to hear your comments as well, and we'll see you next month.